please take your seats. Happy Pentecost. Amen. And that's what we were singing. We need another Pentecost. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to speak about Pentecost and what came with Pentecost to give us power. Now, in Acts of the Apostles, Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, He told the disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus, preparing them for Pentecost, told the disciples that he wanted them to wait until they received power from on high. And it's interesting, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, Jesus didn't want them going out, doing anything without the power to generate what God wanted to do through them. And so he said to them, I don't want you doing anything. I don't want you working for me, preaching for me, speaking for me. I don't want, in fact, I want you to stay in that upper room because I don't want you going out without power. I want you to wait until you get the power. And even Jesus modeled this Pentecost in his own life. I mean, Jesus, fully God, fully man, could have done whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, however he wanted. And yet he waited. And for the day that he was baptized by John the Baptist, do you remember that? And John said, hey, why am I baptizing you? You don't need to repent. And Jesus said, just do it to fulfill all righteousness so that people can see that our ministries are linked. And he took Jesus... And as he put him down in the water and brought him up, out of heaven, it says, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended and remained on him. And from that moment, it had been 30 years that Jesus had waited for power from on high. I mean, if the Son of God himself refused to minister for 30 years until the moment that he received power from on high... How much more do we need that power? They only had to wait three weeks. Jesus waited 30 years. But when he got that power, what he did in three years has turned the world upside down or right side up and still is even today. And so the Acts of the Apostles were waiting. Jesus said, wait until you are clothed with power from on high. There is a spiritual nakedness, and he didn't want them to go out spiritually naked and vulnerable. He wanted them to be clothed with power on high. If we read, let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and see what happened on the day that the power came. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judah, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. 
So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. You know, when we reflect on the first day of Pentecost, and what took place, they were waiting for power. God wants you to receive supernatural power for your lives and ministry. And the vast majority, absolutely vast majority, of Christians in Britain, whatever they call themselves, including Pentecostals, are not living with supernatural power. They are living natural lives, by and large. They have what I preached on a few weeks ago. They have flat-lined. God spoke to me. He spoke to me, and he said, my people are flat-lined. I thought, what? What does that mean? So I went up on the internet, and I googled dictionary flatlining. And then I found that what flatlining was, it's like when you're in a hospital and someone's heart is pumping and you see beep, 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 but then it goes beep. And when it flatlines, that's when the nurses and the doctors come in with those, what do you call them, those electric, what? Fibrillators or something. Power punches. And they go, pow, pow, trying to get that thing up because they flatlined. And God said, my people are flatlined. I thought, what do you mean they flatlined? Well, what it means is that they're living natural lives. And the sovereignty of God is just holding them together. In other words, God hasn't let you go. He'll never let you go. And God is still intervening. But they're living at the lowest level that they are living at. That they're, they're, God doesn't want us to flatline. He wants us to, that graph to rise. There's so much more we can have, so much more we can experience, so much more impact we can have. We are living at our lowest level. It amazes me when Christians and leaders go around speaking as if revivals hit us. We're at rock bottom, friends. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, do you know what the greatest judgment on, on Great Britain and Europe is today? I thought, is it? The possibility of homosexual marriage? No. The greatest judgment in Europe today is the church. The greatest judgment on Europe today is the state of the flatlined church. We need another Pentecost. We can't live natural lives. No, not for one day. We need to live supernatural lives. You see, super. Something that's above the natural. Something that comes onto the natural. Takes what we are naturally, but supercharges it with divine power for divine effects. Now, thank God for natural gifts. I mean, how many people are doing exams at the moment or have family members doing GCSEs and everything? And you've got to do your studying, haven't you? My son's doing his GCSEs and he's studying and he's doing his work, and everything naturally that he can do, and God expects that. But how many of you know his father's been speaking in tongues when he's doing his exams? How many of you know that I'm saying, Lord, let his potential come to pass. I'm praying that there's something super that comes on him. I'm praying that, Lord, when he sits in that exam room, and all the others around him that aren't saved are there with their natural abilities. And he's there with their, his natural abilities. I'm praying that he'll, he'll be the boy in that class with something super comes on. Some supernatural thing taking place in his life. So that he can be the best that God wants him to be. I'm not saying that I'm guaranteeing him A stars. But I'm guaranteeing him that if he does his best, God will do the rest with a supernatural anointing. Amen. You need super on your natural. 
So much of the natural we're calling supernatural, but it's not. The emperor's not wearing any clothes. That day of Pentecost was the day of power. And they, were, they had to wait till power came. Till power came upon them. So what happened in that Pentecost? Well, there they are, one accord. And then we see that there is a great, or here a great mighty rushing wind. And tongues appear on their heads. And then here's the key verse, though. This is the key verse, chapter 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What brought them the power? You see, this first Pentecost would be repeated again and again and again in the lives of all that got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we never saw the flames of fire again, did we? We never heard the rushing wind. But what happened when people got filled with the Spirit from this moment, the birthday of the church, they were, everybody experienced verse 4. When, when uh, Peter preached to the Gentiles and they began to believe the message, God began filling them with the Spirit. And what did they begin to do? Speak in other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. It was this that was empowering them. When they left the day of Pentecost, what did they still have from that day? Speaking in tongues. Let me put it like this. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost, He brought with Him a gift. And think about it. God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, He must have been thinking to Himself, I'm going to come and I'm going to fill my church on their birthday, their first birthday, Pentecost. But I'm not going to come empty-handed. How many know if you go to a birthday party empty-handed, you're not really welcome? <laughs> come to my birthday party without a present. You won't get your party pack and cake on the way out. And, and the Holy Spirit's coming down to the birthday party to begin all birthday parties. And he's saying, I'm going to bring a gift. And the Holy Spirit... I mean, he could have brought anything. He's God. He could have thought of anything to bring to them, any type of empowerments or giftings or abilities. I mean, I mean, it was, it was incredible what the Holy Spirit could do. But the gift that the Holy Spirit gave them that remained with them was the gift of speaking in tongues. Because the fire left, the wind left, but the speaking in tongues, the gift of tongues, was the Holy Spirit's gift when he filled them. In fact, when he filled them, he filled them and they were speaking in tongues. It was the overflow of the infilling. And within a few short hours, that empowerment had saved 5,000 men and all their family. And Peter, who three weeks or so earlier had denied Christ was now speaking with an unction of power. It was a supernatural message. Now, this is important because I want to speak to you today on spirit language. That's speaking in tongues. Your supernatural dynamo. I want to ensure that you understand how to produce the flow of God's power in your life every day of your life. And I'm not just talking about God's power to preach or God's power in a cell group or God's power, uh, you know, on the streets. I'm talking about God's power in the exam room. I'm talking about God's power in the workplace, God's power in the marriage, God, God's power in politics, God's power in business. Whatever power, supernatural power you need for all of your life comes through the gift of speaking in tongues. Let me unpackage this. I'm going to explain this image behind me soon. I've got a little bit more uh, ground laying. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Jesus says, anyone believes in me? Out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Innermost being will flow. He was speaking about the day of Pentecost. Out of his innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Now, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word for innermost being is koilos. 
Koilos, K-O-I-L-O-S, K-O-I-L-O-S, Koilos. And what the word Koilos really means is it means a big cavity, a big empty cavity. That's what it means. That's why sometimes in the older versions it says out of your belly, your belly cavity that's filled up with food when you eat. So koilos, innermost being, also means a cavity, an empty cavity. This means that in each human being's life, there is deep, right in their innermost being, I don't mind that translation, right in the innermost being of who you are. The who you are, right at the deepest place of who you are, is a big cavity or reservoir, as we'll see. And when Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come, the first thing he's going to do is fill you with the Holy Spirit. He is going to fill that cavity, that innermost being, right at the center of your being. Can't get any more center, can't get any more you, that cavity. He's going to fill with the Holy Spirit. And then, out of your innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but I want to remind you some of the things about speaking in tongues. Because speaking in tongues is our spirit language. It's a language that God has given us. Isn't it wonderful? The Holy Spirit said, what gift shall I bring? I know what. I'm going to bring them a language. And the language that he brought us was not an earthly language. It wasn't French or German or Welsh or anything like that. All right, the people that heard them, heard them in their own language, and that was a miracle. But the language of speaking in tongues is not an earthly language. It is a heavenly language. 1 Corinthians 13, you might want to turn there. We're going to have a look at a few verses before I go into the main thing I want to impart tonight. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. He's speaking about speaking in tongues being an angel-type language. I'm not saying it's necessarily what angels speak, but it's a heavenly language. Tongues of men, tongues of angels. In the context of Corinthians, he's talking about the gift of speaking in tongues. It's a heavenly language. Not only that, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 10 says that there are many languages, each with its meaning, 1 Corinthians 14 10. In other words, speaking in tongues has meaning. I looked up the definition of language. And language in one definition is audible, articulate, meaningful sound as produced by the action of vocal cords. Language is audible, articulate, meaningful sound as produced by the action of of the vocal cords. We use language to express inner thoughts and emotions. So when we're speaking in tongues, we're speaking in a language. It's not just babble. It is articulate language with meaning that is expressing something. When we use our natural language, as I'm using English now, it's expressing my inner thoughts and emotions of my mind, hopefully anointed with a supernatural anointing, but it's my mind. When we speak in tongues, it expresses the intentions, thoughts, and emotions, not of your mind, but of your spirit. Your born-again, new creation, perfect spirit. How many know if you believe in Christ and he died for your sins and rose again, you believe in your heart, you are a new creation, you're born again. You're saved. Your spirit is perfect. And when you speak in other tongues as the spirit gives you utterance, you are giving voice to a language with meaning, emotion, intention. You are speaking perfect prayers. Your mind, Paul will say your mind, when I speak in tongues, my mind is unfruitful. So speaking in tongues has got nothing to do with your mind. It's deeper, deeper. It's a language of the spirit that God has given us. I want to come back to that later. Why would God, why would the Holy Spirit come to the birthday and give us a new language? Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
Chapter 14, verse 4, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Uh, it says, if any person speaks in tongues, he edifies himself. You know that, 1 Corinthians 14, 4? When you speak in your spirit language, you edify yourself. The word literally means upbuilding, strengthening. So speaking in tongues builds you up, strengthens you spiritually, sensitizes you spiritually. Speaking in tongues releases power. Now, to the picture behind me, I'm going to give to you a, uh, an analogy of what speaking in tongues does for us that actually I first heard from Dr. Bill Hammond. And, if, uh, uh, and, and he's written this wonderful, I, I think it's unsurpassed book called 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. You get it on Kindle, you get it on Amazon. Dr. Bill Hammond, 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. It will revolutionize your life. We could have a wide shot, please, of the picture behind. And what Bill Hammond does is, no, a wide shot of the whole picture, thank you. What Bill Hammond does is the Holy Spirit gave him an illustration of what speaking in tongues does and how it brings power. Remember, on the day of Acts, they received power. Not goosebumps, as Maurice Sorello says, not goosebumps, but they received power on the day of Pentecost. How did that power come and how was that power exercised? Well, behind me, you see what we call a hydroelectric dam. And that dam is there to produce power. And Bill Hammond, I believe it was such a revelation of the Holy Spirit, says that this is a picture of what happens when we speak in tongues. Note, firstly, can you see the vast reservoir there behind the big dam structure? Millions and billions of gallons of water. Now, in that reservoir, that reservoir is what we were talking about earlier. Out of your innermost being, out of your reservoir will flow rivers, not of water, but living water. And so I've said that each human being has a reservoir. But for those that aren't filled with the Spirit... You've got the reservoir, but there's nothing in it. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a dam being built and they haven't yet got the water in. You've got this huge, big, shaped reservoir, cavity, but there's nothing in it. And you know what? The biggest need in people's lives is to fill that reservoir. And people that don't know Jesus or have been filled with the Spirit, they're trying to fill that reservoir with anything that they can get their hands on. Something that will fill that gap that's crying out to be filled, that was designed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. When Adam and Eve were living in the Garden of Eden, they had that reservoir and it was full of the Holy Spirit. But when they fell, it all leaked out. And so people in the world have a reservoir, and they're trying to fill their lives with whatever meaning they can get. They try and fill it with sex or drugs or drink or power or finance or position, whatever it is, different people trying to fill the reservoir, not just a reservoir, but the reservoir in your innermost being. This isn't something that's an aside. This is at the center of who you are, and your life is about being filled and filling that gap. If you're not a Christian, you can become one tonight. You can receive Jesus and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and your reservoir can be full. But you notice something about that reservoir, okay? I know that the, the gates are open, but that reservoir in and of itself is still water. It's, it's a lake, isn't it? It's a lake. And we could have our innermost being and... It, and many of us here tonight, it is, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with living water. But unless that living water in that reservoir begins to flow, that hydroelectricity dam will produce no power. You hear what I'm saying? There are Christians that have full reservoirs 
but they are producing no power in their lives. And what we need today, more than anything except love, is power. Jesus said, I don't want you doing anything without power. I don't want you going out, don't want you talking, don't want you living. I don't want you to do anything without power. And so you can be full. You can have your reservoir full. You're going to be filled with the Spirit, no matter how many years ago. But the question is, what sort of power? And we've already read, haven't we, in John 7, 37, that out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, how does rivers of living water flow? How does it flow out of your innermost being? How does it flow? Where does it come out of? Well, we've seen in Acts, haven't we? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Their reservoir was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? The reservoir began to flow. It began to flow. They began to speak with other tongues. If you see that image behind me, the reservoir is flowing through the gates. Can you see those gates? And when those gates are open, the reservoir begins to flow that's going to produce power. The gate of your reservoir of the Holy Spirit is your mouth. Your mouth is the gate. Just there, the dam, the innermost being, is the big reservoir behind the wall. But those pictures of the water flowing out, The water can only flow out and produce power if the gate is open. And the gate that God gave the disciples was their mouths. How many people speak in tongues? Just do me a favor. Try and speak in tongues right now without opening your mouth. Go ahead and try. Go on, humor me. Just try and speak in tongues without without opening your mouth. Go on. It's difficult, isn't it? Can you feel, some of you, that when you try, your mouth wants to open? You see? Why? Because you've got to have the gate open. In other words, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't speak in tongues. It's like sometimes when you pray for people to speak in tongues, I was like this. I didn't understand. When I went to speak in tongues, I didn't even need know what it was. Nobody had preached. Them. I just thought, it's interesting. I'll have it. And they began to pray for me, and I thought this. I thought, okay, I'm open to speaking in tongues. If you want to do it, Lord, do it. I thought God would take hold of my mouth and open it supernaturally and start waggling my tongue. That's what I thought. But he didn't do it. And the elders were saying, no, you have to speak it. You have to speak it. I thought, no, no, God will do it if he wants to do it. You do the speaking. Jesus said, they shall, you shall speak with other tongues. So you could choose when you're filled with the Spirit. You can choose to speak with tongues as much as you want or as little as you want. When Paul was dealing with the Corinthians, and their problem was, they were getting the two gifts of tongues mixed up. The tongues you receive when you're filled with the Spirit are personal tongues to build yourself up and to produce power. But there's another type of tongues that you can't do when you want to, just like you can't heal or prophesy or do miracles or have a gift of faith at will. The gift of tongues that's for the church... God gives, and then you have to interpret it to become prophecy. You hear what I'm saying? And they were going around going, oh, let's speak in tongues. And I could speak in tongues all night, and the only person that would be blessed is me. Now, we could all speak in tongues together all night, and we'd all get blessed. But if I'm going to come from a microphone and speak in tongues, then it's got to be a gift of the Spirit with interpretation for you. And the Corinthians were just going around. They weren't even preaching. They were just speaking in tongues. But after correcting them, Paul said, you know what? I speak in tongues more than you all. So Paul chose to speak in tongues more than even those that were messing around with the gift. And so speaking in tongues, you have to open your mouth. And so in this image of the dam, you have the reservoir that's being filled with the Spirit. But if you don't open the water gates... You're not going to be able to speak in tongues. Now, in, as the water, as you can see, is flowing out of that dam, how does it produce power? What's, what's going on there? Well, there are turbines. 
Now, turbines are like paddles. Have you ever seen a, a windmill and the wind pushes it? Or a water mill and the water... That's what a turbine is like. And so the turbines are in there in the water gates. When the gate is open, the water begins to flow from the reservoir through the mouth gate. And then it begins on its way, the power to turn the turbines. The turbines that will produce power. Well, if your innermost being is your reservoir, if your mouth opening is your water gate, then your tongue is the turbine. Your tongue, words have power. Jesus says, my words are spirit and life. There is life and death in the power of tongue. James talks about the power of the tongue. In James chapter 3, he speaks about the tongue. He's looking at the negative side about how the tongue can set on fire the whole course of life. That's the ne- in a negative way. How many of you know, watch what you say. But there's a reverse side. There's a flip coin. James is speaking against the, the cursing of using tongues or, sorry, the, of, of speech, about how speech can destroy. But there's a whole other side. Speech can build up. Speech can save. Speech can deliver. Speech has power. Sets on the course of whole. You are a product of what comes out of your mouth. It sets on course the, uh, life. And, and then James says, look, it's not right that out of the mouth comes bitter water and clear spring water, doesn't he? You can't mix bitter with clear. He says it's not right that out of your mouth comes cursing and blessing. So even James is using the imagery of living water flowing out of your mouth that bringing life. And so your tongue is the turbine. Now in the dam, the turbine... They're turning by the power. You see, it's living water. It's flowing. You see, your living water can't flow unless you speak in tongues. Now you say, well, what about people that don't speak in tongues? Not talking about them tonight. Not not talking about all the people that don't speak in tongues and are disobedient to the promise that the Holy Spirit... I'm not talking about all those Christians that, that, that didn't open the gift. You come to my birthday party and give me a present, I'll tell you what... If, I, if you come back next year and it's still not open, what are you going to think about me? Yeah, but what about those? Not talking about them tonight. We can talk about the disobedient, unbelieving another day. Today is the day of Pentecost. And if you don't speak in tongues, you can tonight if you're a believer. You just believe that the Holy Spirit, if he's not already filled you, some of you, you're already filled. You just haven't spoken. You're like, "Mm, well, if the Holy Spirit gives me the... You need to open your mouth and begin to speak and believe that he will give you the words. They spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke and the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Do you believe that when you speak, God will give you the utterance? He will. If you believe it, you will speak. So we're not talking about the un, the, the, those that are not lined up with the day of Pentecost. Not tonight. We'll have another pastoral sermon sometime in the five o'clock teaching service to help all those that are in unbelief. Because this gift is that important. It's not an optional extra for people called Pentecostals with a big P. It's not an optional extra. It was the Holy Spirit's gift that he brought with himself. Not the fire, that never came again. Not the wind, that never came again. But what comes every time somebody is truly filled with the Holy Spirit and open their water gate comes speaking with other tongues. And it's not an optional extra. It is the driving force of power in your life. So you speak in tongues and the turbine begins to turn. Now, as that turbine begins to turn, as the living water begins to flow and you begin to speak in other tongues, power is being produced. You see, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, they were producing the power that was going to be released in a few moments' time with the preaching of the gospel and the ministry and the prophecy. That's what they were doing. Now, in the dam, the turbines are turning. You know, those paddles of water is turning them. They're turning. Now, that energy is mechanical energy. Mechanical energy. Now, when you're speaking in tongues, sometimes it can feel a bit mechanical. You're just speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. You think, is this doing any good, speaking in tongues? 
What you also need to know is that in a reservoir, deep, 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 in the middle of the reservoir, there is a dynamo. A dynamo. Now listen, what is a dynamo? Well, first of all, where does that word come from? When Jesus said, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. Do you know what the word power is in the Greek? Dunamis, dynamo. Jesus said, you shall receive dunamis. And from the Greek word dunamis, we get the word, um, well, power, but we also get the word dynamite, dunamite, dunamis, dynamite. But also, from the Greek word dunamis, you shall receive dunamis, we also get the word dynamo. And what does a dynamo do? A dynamo converts mechanical energy into electrical energy. Illustration. I remember when I had a bike when I was a young lad. I had a rally chopper in the 70s. It was awesome. And my father bought me a light. And it wasn't just a normal light. He said, this light runs by dynamo. I thought, well, battery? No, dynamo. Well, what happens? Well, he set it up. There was the light. And then he fixed like this wheel thing to my wheel. And what happened was, whenever I pedaled, then what would happen? The wheels would turn, and then they would turn what we would call a turbine in here. They would turn those. But then the dynamo would take all of my pedaling and turn it into light. So I got on my bike in the dark, in the middle of Yorkshire, in the dark, and I thought, this is going to be fun. And as I began to pedal, whenever I pedaled, the light came on. My mechanical energy that I was producing by pedaling, by the dynamo, was being turned into a different type of energy, electrical energy, and light was shining. You can do these, I have a radio as well, it's rubbish, but I have this rubbish radio that works on a dynamo. And what you do is you take this radio and you have to wind it. It's a torch as well, but it's a rubbish torch. And you have to wind it. But you have to wind it. And you wind it for about 10 minutes and the radio plays for about 10 seconds. And the light sort of goes, ooh. And what's happening is all that mechanical energy of turning is converted by the dynamo into a different form of energy, into electrical energy. And so back to the dam, what's taking place is the turbines are going around as the water pushes them. They're attached to the dynamo. And basically in this dynamo, there's some electric, uh, there's, some, uh, there's some metal coils. It's like a wheel within a wheel. It turns these coils. I'm not a physicist. <laughs> it turns these coils and these coils in a magnetic, ma magnetic field produce electric energy that then begins to flow through all the wires into our houses. So mechanical en energy, the turbines with, turbines with the water, gets transformed into electrical energy that we have today, should there be a reservoir producing this for us. Now that's exactly what we're reading about. That's exactly what happens when you speak in tongues. Out of your reservoir comes a flow. If you keep the gate shut, it can't flow. It just stays a lovely, deep, theological reservoir. You want to go deep with God, you can scuba dive in that beautiful reservoir, but it's got no power. You keep the mouth shut. You open it, and you begin to speak with tongues. The turbine begins to go. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But not only that. God begins to transform by the Spirit like a dynamo. He transforms your tongues into power. That's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. He begins to transform what you're doing in tongues. Your prayer language begins to be transformed into supernatural language. And it's a language. When you pray in tongues, you're praying mysteries. It says mysteries. What's that? It, it's mystery in the Bible. It's not something you never find about. Jesus said to the disciples, to those all, all, to those, all things come in parables, but to you the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been revealed. Mysteries in the Bible, mysteries are there because one day they're going to be revealed. 
Mysteries are there because one day they're going to be revealed. And when you speak in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. Perfect mysteries. You're praying about things in a perfect way. You, you know, I pray, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom come. But then I speak in tongues. I know I'm praying according to the will of God. I don't know what I'm praying at that moment, but I'm praying mysteries. Do you know what? Often they become revealed. Someone once said speaking in tongues is like, is like downloading to the hard disk of your spirit from heaven. You know when you're on your computer and you want something on the internet and you download it and it downloads. Sometimes it takes a while and it downloads onto the hard um, drive. Well, when you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. I'm telling you, what you're doing is those mysteries are being imparted into your spirit. And often they will come to light just at the right time. Paul Yonggi Cho, leader of the largest church, spends most of his prayer time speaking in tongues for power and understanding. He pray, when he doesn't know what to pray, he prays in tongues until the revelation drops in his mind. There was something recently, I just didn't know what to do or how to deal with it. So I began speaking in tongues. Began speaking in tongues. And days went by, but I'm just trusting the Lord, speaking in tongues. And then one day, something just dropped into my mind, an insight. I saw exactly what this situation was and how to deal with it. I know that I got that through speaking in tongues. And it releases power. It edifies you. It sensitizes you. You know, it's about time. Now, I've got a theological degree and I worship God with my mind and I pray with my mind. But it's about time some of us shut off our minds and began a bit more speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues produces power, dynamite. It produces the anointing. And when we speak in tongues, we are releasing power ready to work in our lives. I pray a minimum every day, 20 minutes. Minimum. I won't tell you what I normally pray because I don't want to put people off or think, oh, well, I have to do that as well. And my tongues are getting more and more. And my tongue life is solving things, is preparing things. Things are happening during the day where I'm dealing with things better, more spiritually. I'm hearing God better. The word is coming alive to me. Why? Because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you on Pentecost? You speak with tongues. Now, if we all had flames on our head, fine, but we don't. If we had wind blowing through every day, fine. But it's the tongue, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit, a heavenly language, edifying you, building yourself up, bringing revelation, attuning your mind and life to the things of the Spirit, going before you so that you are clothed with power for the day, clothed with power for the deal, clothed with power. And I want to speak to some of you that, you see, so often today, tongues, it's just like a little thing that you do if you're charismatic. I remember one church I used to go to, and they used to sing their songs. And at the end of a slow song, they'd sort of all begin to sing a little bit of in tongues, and it'd tail off. It was like perfunctory. It was like, oh, yeah. And, and I ask you, how much of your life is, is oh, sorry, let me put it this way. How much is tongues a part of your daily life? Some of you only speak in tongues when you're in church. You only speak in tongues when you're in church. Some of you don't even speak tongues when you're in church. Why? Because you don't think it's important. But it produces power. You see that image behind me. You keep the door shut and you wonder why you're flatlined. Now, there's other aspects to Christian life. <laughs> Reading your word, faith. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about Pentecost. We can talk about all those other things, but I tell you one of the major things. Pentecost, Pentecostal movement, the greatest missionary movement that has ever taken place in history, came out of the rediscovery that when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues a hundred years ago. The Pentecostals, what was it? What, what was the doctrine they rediscovered? It was tongues. Nothing else but Tongues. That when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you should speak with other tongues. And what, and what drove this, and, and what drove, what power energized the greatest ongoing missionary move 
the world has ever seen. It's still going on today. China and everywhere is going on today. Wherever people are speaking in authentic tongues, power is being released. They used to call us the tongues people. They used to, they used to call, people had to leave churches they were in because they spoke in tongues. What, do you think because this went shabaraba once in a while? No, it was like, these people are speaking in tongues too much. And something's happening to them, they're getting a bit frisky. They're starting laying hands on the sick and actually people are beginning to recover in greater ways. They're beginning to have utterance when they go on the streets or when they go into the marketplace. They're beginning to have boldness that they hadn't had before. Insight and wisdom. Spiritual gifts are flowing. Things are beginning to flow. Not just out of one person, but there's a corporate speaking in tongues that is releasing power. Not just over individuals, but out of churches. And that power is the same power that was released on Pentecost. Would people call you a tongues person? Would you call you a tongues person? We have to get back to the power producing gift that the Holy Spirit gave to us. He could have brought us any gift. But he gave us the gift of heavenly language. Heavenly language that will solve your problems if you keep praying in it. That will give you direct revelation from God's word. You'll be able to have have insight, supernatural insight into your business life, supernatural insight into your academic life. You'll see things. I'm telling you, it's true. You'll see things in your study. Those of you that are going to higher studies, those of you that are in, say, uh, I believe I'm prophesying here, those of you that are involved in uh, medical research, you don't need another textbook, my friend. You need to speak in other tongues a bit more. You need to speak in other tongues over that thing that you're researching. Speak in other tongues because you're speaking mysteries that will be revealed. You'll get your breakthrough through tongues. I don't know when or how it will come. That's of the Spirit. You produce the power and God will will release it at the right time. He'll store it up and release it at the right time. But if you haven't produced any power, there's nothing to flow. And you're flatlined. God won't forsake you. God will still be there for you. But it'll be a totally different dimension of living because there'll be very little super on it. What does it mean when you're flatlined? It means God is always there just to make sure that you get by. And thank God for getting by. But getting by is not going to save a nation or bring the power of God into our lives like the Acts Church. Thank God. You don't need to speak in tongues for God to do things for you. God will still hear you. God will still... But I'm telling you, it is not... It's not power. It's not power. Flatlining. Low as possible. And we're going, hooray, for little things. the, The church of today is feasting on breadcrumbs from the table of glory. And saying, oh, oh, another breadcrumb. Praise the Lord, it's revival. Oh, A breadcrumb, a provision. Oh, hallelujah, look at me. Look what God's done for me. Well, thank God for every breadcrumb. But God's going, why don't you sit at the table? Start having some milk and honey. Why don't you start feasting? Why don't you start believing what I can do with you? And people are always talking about what God can do. But we're seeing very little of it. We're too easily satisfied with low levels of power and manifestation. We think, oh, well, we got a bit more than the church down the road. What, you got an extra crumb? You got an extra crumb. You think it's glory. You think you could just relax now. No more pressing in. The Lord rebuked me once in my life because he says, the only time that I ever see any energy coming out of you is when you're so under attack, you've got no choice but to fight back. And he says, you tolerate too much in your life, son. You tolerate it. You live naturally until it gets so bad or something happens that you just can't cope with naturally. Then you turn to your supernatural source. And he rebuked me and he was right to rebuke me. Because it was true. The only time I really got my dynamo going was when I was so under the cosh of the devil that I had no choice. I tolerated such low levels of presence, such low levels. Because my low levels were still higher than some other people's low levels. And I thought, well, if my low level's higher than their low level, I must be in revival or near to it, Christian. 
And the Lord rebuked me. Flatlining. 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 No wonder the church is the greatest judgment to hit Britain and Europe today. The church. In all its boasting, all its glorying, all its prophesying about what's going to happen. When a little drop of grace appears, as soon as it touches somebody, the leader gets all haughty and boastful about this, that and the other, telling everybody else what they should do. It's time for God to fill the humble and send the proud far away. It's time for a flow in your life, a revelation flow. Not reading all these books with information without impartation. Information without impartation. The same old charismatic Pentecostal drivel that hits the mind but doesn't inflame the soul. We live out of our souls, not out of our spirits. The charismatic movement has become soulish. So many of the leaders of the charismatic movement are soulish. They fake the spirit by the soul. It's an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to do. To call soul spirit. Easy thing to do. It's like your mind when you first speak in tongues. It's like when you first speak in tongues, you've got to do it with faith. Oh my God, I know what's going to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Oh, do I trust him? And with a stammering tongue, stammering tongue, Paul says, quoting from um, uh, Isaiah 28, verse 11, which says that the stammering tongue is the refreshing. Isaiah 28, 11, speaking in tongues is the refreshing. And you've got to speak by faith and trust God. But after a while, your mind hears you say, shimmy, shimmy, shoo. And your mind and your soul goes, shimmy, shimmy, shoo. I can do that. You don't, you don't, you don't need to do it by faith anymore. You don't need to connect with God. You don't need to produce power. I, I, I'll do that. And so you hear people speaking in tongues, and you know it is coming down the corridor. Shimmy, shimmy, sure, I know that is. Why? Because that's all they ever say. Or you're in a prayer meeting or something and people begin to speak in tongues and you're looking at people and people are like, shimmy, shimmy, shoo, shimmy, shoo, shimmy, shimmy, shoo, shimmy, shimmy, shoo, shimmy, shoo, it's nearly nine o'clock, shimmy, shoo, shimmy, shoo, I'm a Pentecostal. I've seen it. All of that too. You can see a lot from the platform. Hallelujah. Shimmy, shimmy, shoo. A form of godliness that denies its power. Because there's no power in it. There's no power in the people. They're speaking in tongues. You don't, you don't see the power. I'm not saying everybody has to shake. But you can tell when something's going on. You can tell when there's a connection to the divine power. You know it. You know it. You know it in yourself. So when you speak in tongues, friends, every time I speak in tongues, I say, right, I've got to speak in tongues as if it was for the first time. That's why speaking in tongues is really at its best in your personal devotions. Why? Because they you're free to go. I mean, I, when I, I said this, but when I speak in tongues, sometimes I scare myself. My mind goes, oh, come on. You know? And the sounds of different languages. I've got this tongue right now that's really just flowing. I don't know. It's just flowing. I don't, and it's, it sounds Brazilian. I don't think it is, but it sounds Brazilian. It's, it sounds Brazilian. Well, I'll just go with that. It's a new tongue. But I'm ready to speak anything. Whatever comes out of my mouth. Whatever. And you know what? When you get in the flow. See, some of us give up on speaking in tongues in one minute or two minutes. You haven't even gotten the flow yet. You know those old-fashioned pumps? Like wells? And you prime the pump. You know, you like some, and, and you prime the pump. And you prime the pump and nothing's happening. But you keep doing it, don't you? Because you know that water's coming. Then after a while, sort of spits out, doesn't it? And then suddenly it's flowing. Well, you know, when you begin to speak in tongues, we've got to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. And sometimes it just takes a while. Just, to, just let the flow. Just, just get in the flow. Just get in the flow. Make sure you're not, your mind's not getting into it. You're just letting it flow. And when you get in the flow, things start to happen. You begin to get into it. And then when you pray after that, or you, or you during the day, you react differently to things. You react differently because God, you, you've spent God, the Spirit is in contract. The Spirit has gone before you. Speaking in tongues is your supernatural dynamo. I'm going to say this. 
you need other things like the word of God, faith, and we preach on those, but I'm speaking about tongues specifically today. And you will only be as strong and powerful as the place that you give speaking in tongues in your life. Why? Because it was the gift, the gift that came at Pentecost, the gift that the Holy Spirit brought. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it was the release of power. They filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with tongues. And the rest of Acts is history. Let's stand to our feet. The worship team could come back. Ministry team at the front. What we're going to do right now is we're just going to praise the Lord. We're going to worship Him. And those of you that have never spoken tongues before and want to, we're going to invite you during this time to come forward. We're going to lay hands upon you. And you're you're going to speak in the gift of tongues. All I ask is that you believe. Because you have to do the speaking. We can't do it for you. And trust God. You're not going to speak some baby language. However strange it sounds. Paul said, I will speak to them in strange tongues. Whatever comes out, trust God. It's the beginning of a new heavenly language. Speaking in tongues. There also may be some of you where you think, you know what, I could really do with a fresh charge of the Holy Spirit and my tongues. You know, we mentioned that when somebody flat lines, they bring in those defibrillators or whatever you call them, and they say, clear. Well, when we, some of you might need one of those. Just a jolt, just a pow back in your life from the day of Pentecost. Just that jolt to get you out of the flat lining so you begin to speak in tongues. And the rest of you, You're going to understand that tongues is just not an optional extra, something you can take or leave, but it's going to be part of your life. It's going to release power. Right now, why don't we just begin? If you need prayer, come out right now. But right where you are, why don't you just begin to sing in other tongues? As the Spirit gives you utterance, just right where you are. And believe God that any tongue might come out. If it's a strange tongue and you're embarrassed, you don't have to shout it. Just believe. I can feel power being generated already. Leave your seats. If you need to speak in tongues for the first time or you flatlined and you want that power cable of the Holy Ghost to give you a job, get you back in the flow, you're free to come out. We're going to lay hands upon you. When Stephen lay hands on those that believe, they receive the Holy Spirit. When we lay hands on people, that power, that power that comes, can flow in your lives. That's right. Let it flow. Remember, you're priming the pump. It might not flow as you think in the first few minutes, but give it five, ten minutes. That's right. Give it five, ten minutes. Get in the flow. Speaking, I release new tongues. Paul said the gift of diverse tongues, different tongues. The Holy Spirit gives different heavenly languages for different things. Sometimes it's a strong tongue. Sometimes it's a worshipful tongue. Sometimes it's like a petitionary tongue. Sometimes it's a revelatory tongue. Oh, yeah. Oh yes, oh yes, Lord. Mighty wind, tongues of fire, filled with the Spirit in your reservoir. Open the water gates and let the living water flow. Let the turbine of the tongue, as the Spirit gives you utterance, generating power that will be converted by the dynamo of the Spirit. Oh, edify yourself, build yourself up, strengthen yourself. 
That's right, just for the next few minutes, turn your mind off and let your spirit flow out of you. Your mind is dominating too much. Flow of the spirit, prophesied. A flow of the spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. mysteries that will be revealed at the right time power that will be released at the right time we need a tongues revolution yes 
Don't let your mind dominate you. Let your spirit lead you. Oh, those that are sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God and He leads you through speaking in other tongues. Also, it's the language He gave you. It's the language He chose to give you. And that language is information, revelation, mystery, power. It goes before you. It translates into your English prayers. It translates into your conversations, your intuitions, your understanding. Let the reservoir flow. Let that reservoir open your mouth. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, just keep speaking in tongues. We're going to worship the Lord in tongues and in a song of Pentecost today. If there's anything you need prayer for, anything else, if there's a healing, as we're releasing a power today, dynamite, dunamis, through speaking in tongues, releasing a powerful charge. If there's anything you need prayer for, any situation, you're welcome during this time to come forward and we'll pray for you.